Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, everyone. This is Tim Birch, and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. My guest today, and like I say, every week, every guest is a special guest. Well, you know what? Uh, once again, this week is no no exception to that because um, my guest today is 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 Stephen Martin. Now, do you go by Steve or Stephen? Um, depends on if you're in it trouble. Depends or not. on if I sign in my name, but uh, friends can call me Steve. All right, Steve Martin. Um, he, surveyor from uh, California. And what we're going to talk about today, because one thing that caught my interest with Steve and, and uh, his activities is he's very, very active, besides posting them on LinkedIn, uh, very, very active with GPS on benchmarks. And so what we thought we, you know, we've talked to Galen Scott, we've talked to Dave Doyle, we've talked to a few others about the, 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 the whole use and uh, of, of GPS and, and a lot of these things, and even the programs within NGS. But here's a guy, boots on the ground, that really wanna, we wanna talk to and see what's engaged, what, you know, what, A, how, do, well, it, I guess it's the, the age old question of every surveyor has a story of how they got into surveying. So, um, you know what, Steve, let's start right there. How did you get into surveying? Well, I got into surveying in my mid 20s. Um... You know, I I I, uh, I had an old neighbor tell me about a position at the city of San Diego. I was already working there in, in a different department, but uh, uh, a position. It was the fourth man on the survey crew. It's called engineer trainee. So no experience required. Um, but he also told me if I started taking classes at the community college, that you know I'd get a, a have an advantage on other candidates. So I did start doing that. And um, that's why I started fourth man on the survey crew and uh, worked my way up from there. Well, very good. Yeah. And, and for those of you under the age of, of 40, they don't realize that we actually had more than one man on a survey crew at one point in time. So yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. there were those days. Um, so I guess what's your job right now, or, or should I say lack thereof? Well, I'm mostly re retired now. I retired from um, East Bay Municipal Utility District in uh, January 2021. And between that, the County of San Diego and the City of San Diego, I had 34 years in. Nice. Well, so I guess that 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 helps explain a little bit of why, you know, every time you post all of these all these these sessions that you're doing out with GPS on benchmarks, I'm going where does this guy find the time? I just, I, I like to think that I try to be enterprising, but man, oh man, he's got all this time to be able to do that, which, you know what? Good for you. That's, that's fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're able to get out there and, and still, you're, you're still doing a, a big benefit to the, to the profession by, by pulling all of this information. So uh -huh. um, I guess, so the question is, 
how did you get started with GPS on benchmarks? And I guess really what what's your focus and drive to to want to to collect all this information? Well, um, you know, I have to admit, I, I wasn't engaged in the um, the 2018 um, geoid, uh, hybrid geoid uh, program. You know, there were a few people in the state that were doing that. But, you know, I was managing a survey group of uh, 34 or 24, rather. And um, that kept me busy enough. Um, uh, but I, I, I was always involved with the uh, California Land Surveyors Association and a few other groups along that. But um, I got involved with the uh, uh, state plane coordinate system of 2022, the updates, providing feedback to NGS with that. And, and that's really what led me to believe, you know, uh, um, let me see how important this program is to what NGS is doing. You know, there's um, what like 93% of the marks in their database, they've never been occupied by GPS. Hopefully that's getting better through this program. But, you know, there's benchmarks out there that are 50, 60, 80 years old that, um, you know, nobody's measured in, in decades. And... Um, and, you know, quite frankly, relying on those to do floodplain mapping or something else is, it, it's, it's not a good idea, really, unless it's a verified benchmark. Um, and, and also they're gonna use the, uh, the program as, as kind of an independent verification in developing the new datum. And, um, and it's gonna, the, the big push right now is developing the transformation tool from, NAVD88 to the uh, North American geopotential datum of 2022. And uh, so right now they have a deadline of December 31st to get data in for that transformation tool. And um, so that's what we're working to get some good data in to de develop a good transformation. Um, you know, I wanna leverage on the, the good work uh, done in the past in, in the state um, in, in developing a, a HPGN survey that was, you know, Caltrans and NGS cooperated. And, and they also cooperated with the counties too, like the county that I worked in, San Diego County. And, um, you know, I want to preserve that, that hard work and still make it relevant for the future. Oh, exactly, exactly. Well, I, you know, I want to go back to something you just you just touched on, which I don't know that a lot of our practitioners and especially some of our even some of our newer surveyors that are using using GPS, GPS, GNSS technology, that a lot of these passive marks they're going and hitting on uh, the elevations that are established on a lot of these are basically just adjustments from other level runs and other information and all the stuff put together. And I guess the fact is that they're as close as they are is some, sometimes quite amazing. But like you said, you just hit on it that, that, that you know, under 10% of them have actually had occupations and elevations established through GPS on these marks. Right. Right. And, you know, California has, you have these geophysical processes like the whole Central Valley. Um, you know, it's a, 
what they call it, the breadbasket of America, a huge farming area. And um, so as they pump water out of the ground, you know, the ground compacts and it's settled. You know, there's a famous photo of um, USGS guy out there and showing how the land is settled like 30 feet. You know, he's got it placards on a telephone pole. On the telephone pole. I've seen, yes, I've seen that photo. Yes. Yeah. And um, so you have that process going on. So any benchmarks out there, you know, they're not going to be valid at all. Um, so, you know, moving to, to a geopotential datum and, and being able to get elevations with GPS, good elevations, uh, certainly that's the way to go. But, um, you know, tying it to the past and be able to come up with a good conversion and then show a history on how, how, um, how the land has been settling. I think that's important too. Well, and you, you just touched on it that, that, you know, if, if somebody doesn't check some of these, these, these marks from time to time and don't know that they're in an area that has settled, like you said, settled, um, you know, subsided or raised for that fact, like you, like you said, the way uh, everything goes up and down sometimes, uh, and then turn around and try to base this base, base, uh, FEMA determinations on this. Ooh, that's dangerous. That's just, that's just flat out dangerous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where I used to work at East Bay, they, they had a smaller sewer component and they, uh, they just had the, uh, the main trunk lines and they had some issues with their, um, um their model the uh, the flow model there and they asked me to go out and check some elevations well it turned out the the major um benchmark that everything that was tied to out on alameda it had been subsiding over the years and we went back in the ngs database and could tell you know in the last 75 years it had settled about three quarters of a foot and um and you know so Three quarter, a half or three quarters of a foot, that'll put a big, um, uh, a big air in that hydro, you know, those sewers with very, um, oh, absolutely small percentage grades. Absolutely. That, that is huge. That is huge. Um, well, uh, and I guess in talking about the use of GPS and in the establishment of, of, of grades and being able to, now we're talking about, like you said, creating tools for upgrading to the, to the new datums and such. I guess in, in what impact do you, I mean, have you seen that, you know, good and bad uh, has technology been, I mean, an influence on our profession? I mean, like I said, we, we, we just, I, I just kidded about, you know, one and two man crews versus, you know, three, four man crews back in the day. But now we have technology that allows us to do a lot of different things uh, with, with fewer people and with, with higher precision, but what uh, I guess, what technology influences have you seen that really, really stand out uh, in, in, in your mind? Um, well, you know, of course, getting involved in the early days of GPS, um, you know, where it took some training and, you know, to be able to go out and survey it with, survey with it. Um, and now that's evolved to, you know, the GIS folks can just go down, you know, talk to a vendor at the Esri conference and, you know, buy a small rover there and they're they're out surveying you know it's um it, it, it's really affordable and available to everybody so um you know there's that technology um 
you know, the, the laser scanning has, has certainly matured here. Um, you have the mobile laser scanning. Now they have the, the slam mapping, the handheld. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, uh, but yet, you know, it still takes somebody knowledgeable to put all that together into a deliverable product and, and, you know, make something useful that an engineer can use to design off of. Absolutely. Um, no, you, no, right. you're, you're right. No. And I, you know what? I, I'm glad to hear, I mean, I, not too many people are aware of the slam technology. And I think that's, that's going to be an up and comer. Um, the, the, the more, the more widespread it gets, it gets used. I think uh, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. Cause that's that to me, that one's, that one's kind of, kind of got a pinned on the wall that I think that one's going to be uh, really big eventually. Yeah. Well, the drone based LIDAR too, is you, you can get some incredibly detailed mm -hmm. data out of that, but you know, you, you, you need somebody knowledgeable in, you know, how to put that all together. And I think that's where the surveyor um, surveying profession needs to go is, is, you know, the knowledgeable end and, and not the boots on the ground end necessarily. Um, uh, because, uh, you, you know, contractors are going to buy this data and they're going to try to, you know, Hey, let's get our laborers to go out and use this stuff. And, and you really need somebody responsible and in charge and knowledgeable on how, it, how to use it and how to put it all together. You know, and certainly that's where the licensing laws come in too, is to make sure for geospatial items like that. Actually in California, the difference, you know, engineers have a, um, um, they, they can survey in, in their, um, enabling language, you know, engineering survey, incidental work to their practice, construction staking and topo and that kind of stuff. But what the engineers don't have is the geodesy part. Right. So the ge geodesy definition in the surveyor's practice, that's what separates us. And so uh, that's where we need to be the experts and help guide them in that. Exactly. Well, it's something I, I guess I'd be curious to hear from your perspective. I mean, we see this technology, we see how it's it's allowed us to do much more um, as far as data collection and accuracies and, and really things. We're trying to impress upon a, young, a younger generation generations now uh, of getting into the getting into this profession. I mean, obviously, it's uh, the the profession is much different than when you and I got into it, and uh, you know, I guess is, is that, is that the right way? I mean, based upon your, your, um, your viewpoint of, should we really try to highlight the, 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 the technology part of it, or is it, or is there more of the profession itself that we, that we, we could, uh, we could really, uh, concentrate on to be able to get younger people into, into the profession itself? Um, well, the technology is kind of the exciting part, you know, that, that would get their interest, tech, tech, technology working outdoors. Um, if we can emphasize trusted professional in there too. Yes. You know, and that's, that's where we need more outreach is, you know, um, <clears throat> showing ourselves as the trusted professional in the um, geodesy and geospatial um, technologies there oh exactly well and i guess you know 
I want to try to tie a couple of things together here because um, between the younger generation and we we need them into the profession to help us uh, sustain the profession. But then you've got the technology that's coming in, and then let's talk about you know how this ties in with with NGS the the upcoming d- datum change, and and the area you live in, and and I guess putting it all together in the fact that. Uh, you know, a, a big portion of where you live live around and, and in California are, are on tectonic plates that that do move around. We do know more about what uh, what's happening with the uh, with the ground we're we're on, um, and really being able to to help help a younger generation surveyor understand that this whole thing's moving, and that's one reason why it's it's critical to collect this data for GPS on benchmarks to help with these tools to help with this development of this datum because this. This world we're living in, whether you want to say climate change or just, uh, you know, moving, you know, moving away from Pangea is there's stuff happening here. Right. Well, um, yeah, certainly, you know, California has been very active um, geophysically there. And, um, you know, the old NAD 83 didn't handle that well. It was the bulk of the continental United States was fixed and uh, California was, they were just off moving, doing their own thing. Um, but I think the technology is available now. Uh, I know uh, Dr. Bach at uh, Scripps Institution of Oceanography there, UCSD, they're, they're working on uh, dynamic datum tools um, and they're, uh, they're working to get uh, NGS to adopt it, but to um, to give the surveyor the tools so that that dynamic datum is transparent to them. You know, you want to survey on the date, the epic date of your survey, and if you want to transform it back to the published date of you know the two thousand and eleven point zero zero. Uh, NAD83, you can do that through the dynamic datum tools. Um, and, and also the vertical motions too. And they're able to do that through the, uh, the continuous operating GPS receivers that they manage. Um, you know, you're, you're, they run 24 hours a day. So you get a, a you know, few millimeter accurate survey every single day. And so they, they, they right. know very well how those things are moving. Exactly, and, uh, and then they're also supplementing with um, NSAR now, synthetic aperture radar, in, interferometric synthetic aperture radar, and, wow. and that that'll give you that'll cover a wider area instead of just the discrete points where the core stations are. It'll cover the wider area and kind of fill in there. So uh, yeah, technology is is certainly moving um, in the direction to give us the tools to be able to handle that better now. Very cool. Like I said, it's a, it's an exciting profession. It's exciting times that we're 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 in with with the tools, with the technology, with where things are going. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely appreciate you you sharing that part of it. So I guess I'm curious. GPS on benchmarks. When Steve gets up in the morning and he says, "I'm going to go out and do 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 some of these, uh, go find some of these marks and 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 and." recon some of this stuff i mean it's it sounds like you know ba- like i said based upon the, the number that don't really have any observations on them uh 
how do you go about planning your day? What do you typically want to want to shoot for when you're going to go out and do a, a day of GPS on benchmarks? What what does a day in the life of Steve Martin with GPS on benchmarks look like? Okay. Well, um, so until recently, I didn't have my own GPS uh, unit. And that's why I've been borrowing, um, you know, either borrowing a unit or the, the Leica dealer I used to work with. They they gave me a, a you know, a, a discount on a rental. And um, so whenever I could arrange a week, you know, I'd have a whole list of benchmarks to do. And I, I'd come up with this list by, um, you know, looking at the NGS map. I had been concentrating on San Diego County because, you know, frankly, I can't cover the whole state by myself. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and so uh, San Diego County is where I used to work. I have some knowledge of some of the points out there, and even set a few of them myself. And um, so I, you know, I want, want to prioritize the ones that are on their list and certainly the ones that I set and, and um, and then the ones I can access, you know, some of these are on private property and are harder to access. Um, but with a few phone calls, sometimes you can get in. So just to, you know, I come up with a list and then you have to have alternatives because um, sometimes, you know, you're sure a point is still there and you get out there and, and the, um, the, the shoulder of the road's been graded and it's just not there. Right. So you need a backup plan and you have to be able to adjust. And, um, and so that, that, you know, I come up with a nice long list and, you know, I only get half of them and there's more to get, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back in two, two weeks down to San Diego County and get a few more. Um, well, mostly, yeah, it's just looking at the map and, and trying to come up with a plan and how many can I get in the week or the time that I have allotted. And for those who don't know about the, I mean, the, the full process of GPS on benchmarks, when you come up to a, to a mark, you're, you're going to recover and you're going to, to observe, um, what's your process? What, uh, walk us through, walk us through what it takes to collect that data on for, for GPS on a benchmark. Um, so once I find it, you know, I want to take a couple of pictures right off the bat, a close up of the mark, and then some you know, an eye level view showing the context of where the monument is. And then, um, you know, I'll get set up, you know, now I've got the fixed height tripod and some sandbags and get that going and orient the antenna towards north. Um, you need to look up your antenna model there on the NGS website. And, um, you know, know where the antenna reference point is, usually the bottom mounting point and then the, uh, the north reference point, which a lot of times is the man-machine interface, the the part on it where you where all the buttons and lights are, and um, yeah, and then I you know I turn it on, and then you know it's sit in the truck and monitor it, and then I've got four hours to kind of plan for the next one, and you know uh, you you do also need to take uh, pictures of your setup, that's part of the submittal is uh, they want pictures of the actual setup uh, so they can see what kind of antenna you're using. You know, does that look like a two, a two meter tripod or is that something else, you know? And um, um, there's a, you know, I use the NGS observation log form 
Nice. Fill that out. Uh, I'm not submitting it, but I keep that for my own records. And that, you know, that goes back to the old days. I mean, before we had digital cameras, we used to have to make <laughs> a rubbing of the station mark, you know. Yep. And uh, and keep detailed log sheets and uh, and so on. So I keep careful notes, and then um, you know I typically wait forty eight hours to submit the data. Actually, I'll, I'll come home. I could submit it right away just to make sure I got good data. But you don't hit the share button. But uh, wait forty eight hours till till the rapid um, precise orbits are available, and then submit it, and then. Um, you have um, you have to approve it, and uh, there's a couple emails that you have to answer to. And if you don't do that part, then you know it all goes to waste there. Well, you know that's one thing that the people uh, that I've have come across and we've talked about the process, and they're like four hours. Well, you know, well my well my well my RTK just you know 15 seconds and I'm good. I that's you know and I'm tight. I just want. No, yeah, you don't understand the, you know, trying to explain to somebody, you know, the, the changing of the constellations and all, all the stuff that goes on that, you know, the, and, and making sure that, you know, all the integrity of this data. Um, yeah. It, you know, maybe someday they'll be able to reduce that down with the, with the same amount of uh, integrity, but uh, until that time, you know, it's, it's good to get it right. And I'm, it's, uh, yeah. it's and I don't know that today's generation can uh, can handle four hours of, of of processing. We used to do six hours there. We did six hours for the HPGM survey. Uh, but the day of, of shorter observations, I think, is here. NGS has this um, beta release of Opus projects and mm -hmm. have a new um, GVX vector format. You know, a uh, vector exchange format that they'll they'll be able to take in. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't got up to speed on that myself, um, but I, that's, that, that's in my goals here in the next few months. Well, very good. Well, yeah, that's that, I think that's going to be a big part of, of their, their processes and procedures going forward. I mean, though they worked on that for quite a while and, uh, you're right. It's, it is becoming more and more prevalent with, uh, with the manufacturers and, and, uh, being able to shorten down some of these, uh, observation times. So, uh, no, it's, it's great that you noted that because, like I said, they worked really hard on that. And I think it's going to be a a, 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 a a big thing going forward for them to really help push this stuff along. So one last question I have for you, and I try to ask this of all of our guests um, because of how the surveying profession is and on how a lot of us, uh, you know, it's multi-generational. I'm, I'm a second generation surveyor and how we get into to, to this profession and how we learn in this profession um how important uh in your opinion is is mentoring both being a mentor and having somebody mentor you uh through throughout your career well it's crucial i mean it's crucial uh, you know I, I think a lot of us have seen the mistakes that can happen if somebody does the minimum needed to pass the licensing exam and then studies no more, you know? And if you don't have somebody to ask where you could go wrong, you won't know where, where you are going wrong. So it's, uh, it's critical. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to have a couple of mentors in, you know, in my career. 
Um, you know, one here recently passed on that's Vance Brashears was um, mm. head of Caltrans District 11. And, um, you know, he, he, he started a, um, a class to get his own folks licensed. And he had his staff, his party chiefs in there. And, you know, it was more of a study class reviewing the material that you need to know to get licensed. But he opened it up. He invited me and a, and a couple others. And eventually that evolved into a, um, an ongoing LS review class. And then the graduates from that, those classes went, it went to other areas in the state and established their own classes. And, and, and that's, that's been crucial for the licensing end of it, but also making contacts in there, you know, knowing who to call, having somebody to call when you've got a tough situation or, um, you know, hey, this is, you know, GPS control network and I've never, never done one, you know, who do I call on that, you know, just, right making those connections. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up with one more question um, that, you know, because I'm looking at it saying, here's a guy that's had a, had a, had a great career. And I mean, yes, you retired, but you're still at it. You're still, and, and let's, let's make, let's pull no punches people. He's out here doing this because uh, he wants to, and uh, it's much, much appreciated. All of this work uh, that that's going into uh, providing this information for GPS on Benchmark. So, um, kudos to you, Steve, for for doing that and 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 helping uh, helping the whole entire profession with what you're doing. Um, so, my last question then is, um, you know, being a guy that's 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 still active you know, still sees what's going on in surveying. How does the future of surveying look to you with this, with the technology, with the, uh, all of the, the, the policies and processes moving forward? What's the future look like? Well, um, I think we really need to work on a few things. Um, you know, we know there's a need for us, but, uh, we need to get the word out to others to let them know that, hey, we have expertise in, you know, the geodesy part or, you know, more than just boundary surveying um, and, uh, you know, market ourselves a little bit better. And, you know, in California, we, I was, you know, here I was chairman of the uh, Education Foundation in California for a number of years. We give out about 50,000 in scholarships annually, you know, getting the word out that this kind of scholarship money is available to students, uh, attracting them to the program, you know, that's important. Um, you know, qualification-based selection, well, there's still, there's still agencies that are rolling um, surveying services up into a, a low-bid construction mm. contract, you know. We really need to get after that, you know. And there's a few surveyors working on it. There's one out here in California. He's got this um, um, program he's trying to um, um, espouse called uh, uh, No Qualification, No Work. Mm. If an agent, agencies typically require LSIT minimum for party chief and, and LSs, but why would they hire a contractor that doesn't have a party chief with right. an LSIT? you know, or an LS, you know, 
Uh, one of the things um, that my mentor that I mentioned there, Vance Brashears, fought for is Caltrans has their all their party chiefs are licensed, right? You know, make right. sure that they have the qualifications to work independently and, and be good at their job. Um, so there's 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 many efforts that we need to work on, you know, and, and promotional stuff. You know, I love to get kids in the surveying program, um, but also maybe work on, you know, um, young adults and who may be looking for a career. You know, at the time they're looking for a career. Some of them may remember that back in school. Hey, this this was pretty good, but right. catch them, you know, like me in my mid-20s when I was looking for a career, you know, catch them at that age, um, you know, uh, the... Um, geocachers i think maybe supporting that program i i know a few that boy out there they're out there every weekend recovering benchmarks you know and they do amazing job but you get more and people involved in that you know maybe they'll wonder hey what are these marks used for right how do i get to be the one to set them exactly exactly no uh, uh yes you, you're exactly right and uh we do have some work to do and uh, thank you for sharing your thoughts on that, because it's it is important that we recognize uh, where we're coming up a little short on some things right now. And, yeah, it is a great profession. Uh, it's it's going to be a great career for people. But like you said, it's we've got to make sure that uh, the the right people are hearing about it so we can get them involved, whether it's from kids through, like you said, from uh somebody that's went through college or, or started a career and realized that's not for them. And maybe like you said, mid twenties, they, they, they find, they fall into a, a surveying career they love. So uh, no, very good. Well, I can't say enough. Thank you very much for, for, for joining me today. Like I said, I really, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, what you've been sharing on, on social media and seeing all of the work you're putting in um, with the GPS on benchmarks, because um, there's, there's a group of, of hardcore surveyors out there that, that know what it takes to do what you're doing. And they really appreciate what you are doing on your time, uh, on your dime. And uh, thank you. Thank you for, can't necessarily speak for all of them, but, uh, but I'll try and say, just say thank you. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.